Welcome to the First Love Movement podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us today. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that this podcast challenges you, blesses you, and helps you to cultivate a passion for the Word of God. Welcome to the First Love Podcast. I am so excited um, that you have joined me today. My name is Kaylin and I am the host of this podcast and I am so excited to just be sharing with you. And, um, you know, I thought I would take today just to to explain a little bit about what first love is. And um, if you would believe me, um, the the heart behind doing this podcast has been brewing in my heart for probably over two years now. And um, I don't know if I'm the only one, but sometimes we can just get out in our thoughts and insecure. And I just thought enough is enough. And I am finally going to just jump in, be obedient to what I feel the Lord is asking me to do and just have fun. So I pray that you would join along with me and um, I am going to dive into different topics in the word um, around life and just have fun with this. And um, if you are unfamiliar what first love is, um, basically in a nutshell, it is something that God has put on my heart and um, just to really help to inspire and um help people in their walk with God. You know, I don't know if you are new to faith and new to who Jesus is, or maybe you've grown up in church like me. I've grown up in the church my whole life, but um, wherever you sit in that, I know that sometimes um, the word of God can be so intimidating. And um, sometimes we don't know where to start, where we read when we're reading our Bible. And sometimes we read the Bible and we just don't know what we're reading. Um, who knows how confusing and complicated it can sometimes seem. And so God has really just put on my heart such a passion to help people in their walk with him. I am not perfect. I don't know everything. Definitely not. I find the more I study the word, I feel like the less I know. But I love the word of God. It is truly um, transformative. And I think the thing that absolutely just makes me so in awe of God is that we read stories of um, things that have happened thousands of years ago, and yet they still hold such relevance to us today. And um, I know for me, um, the Lord really speaks to me through the word. But um, I have heard so many stories from so many people in my life and people that have reached out to me that really struggle with the word. And so I just thought, God, if I can come alongside people, um, even just a little bit, then I just think that that is such a good thing. And so God kind of started to um, birth first love and first love comes from a scripture in Revelation where Jesus is speaking to the church of Ephesus and, you know, he commends them for everything that they're doing. In fact, let me just actually read it to you because it is so powerful. And I am actually going to be starting a series for the podcast on the seven churches in Revelation, because there is just so much goodness that we learn from those letters that Jesus wrote to those churches. So you might be able to hear me flipping through my Bible in the background. Um, I got a brand new Bible and then I spilled coffee on it. I know I'm devastated, but unfortunately the pages stick together a little bit, but that's okay. 
it's <laughs> it's being used and I love it. And um, okay, so Jesus says to the church in Revelation, and this is sorry, to the church in Ephesus, and this is in Revelation. He says that I know that your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. And yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. And I remember, you know, I've grown up as I mentioned in church, I've grown up reading the word. I, I love the word. And I've read that, um, that chapter so much, you know, so many times and, um, maybe 2018, I read it. And for the first time in my life, I felt like, you know, my heart had been pierced because I could so identify with the church in Ephesus. And so often our walk with God becomes about what we do for him. And, you know, he, he knows and he loves our deeds, our good deeds. He's cheering us on. You know, Hebrews talks about the great witnesses in our faith who are cheering us on. But our works fail when we forget our love of Jesus, when we forget that it's all about him. And more than what we do, God wants us to cultivate a beautiful, intimate relationship with him. And I read this and I felt so convicted and so challenged. And I was like, God, I am so sorry that I have allowed what I do and um, the things and the busyness and the distractions. Um, I've allowed that to become, you know, it's a, um, what am I trying to say? I've allowed that to kind of define my relationship with you instead of allowing you and me to define that relationship. My The intimacy that I have with you should define um, my relationship with you. And I felt God really stir this in my heart. And um, so first love has become, you know, I mean, it is very much still in its infancy stage. And, you know, I don't know what God wants to do in and through this, but um, I'm just being obedient. Um, but I feel like God really laid on my heart to create a community or a platform where we um, cultivate and reclaim a passion for the word of God, you know, coming back to our first love. Jesus is our first love. The word of God also talks about the fact that the word is Jesus. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And so I really felt in my heart and I've written about this in depth on the website. You can check it out. Um, but I almost felt like God categorized people and I felt like he said to me, you know, there's two, two, two types of people that I would like you to reach. And it's those who um, have grown up in the church and they've grown up in relationship with me. They've done seasons with me, but life has not been easy and their hearts have not stayed moldable to my spirit and they've been discouraged and they've been hurt by life. And I want you to speak into those lives so that they would reclaim what I have uh, deposited in their lives. You know, to reclaim is to take back something that belongs to us. And um, I, so, so I felt like God really stirring my heart a passion to, to help see those who have kind of walked away from their faith a little bit, coming back into the beautiful, wonderful, um, loving environment and 
the the um the safety of relationship with Jesus and um the second group was or the second word that God gave me was cultivate and this spoke mainly to people who are maybe new to faith and you know the Jesus talks a about the parable of the sower and the seed in that parable is in reference to the word of God that gets deposited in our hearts and in our lives. And unless we cultivate and steward that seed well, the enemy will stop at nothing to steal that seed from us. And so I felt like the Lord encouraged me and, you know, um, encouraged me to speak life to people who are new in their faith, who don't know where to go, what to do, what to read, how do I read the Bible? And instead of allowing that seed to lie dormant or get picked up by the birds or strangled by the weeds, I pray that first love would be a space where the, the seed would develop in a healthy space and would grow to produce great fruit. So um, that is the heart of first love, the heartbeat of first love. And like I mentioned earlier, I am in no ways you know, I don't have this down pat. <laughs> I'm learning as I go. And um, I just, I, I invite you on the journey with me. And so um, for this first podcast, I really felt in my heart just to kind of highlight something that is dear to my heart. And um, again, you can find a little bit more information about that on the First Love website. And um, this is not a plug, don't worry. But um, I, you know, I mentioned that I have grown up in the church and I love the church and I'm so grateful um, that I had a mom and a dad who loved the Lord. Um, both of my parents are in heaven and, um, you know, not a day goes by where I don't think about them and miss them deeply, but I'm so grateful for the legacy that my parents have left me and um, they raised me in a home that was committed to Jesus and, you know, it wasn't a perfect upbringing. And, um, you know, now that I'm an adult and I'm, and I'm a mother, I look back and I just think, my goodness, my mom and dad were just actually incredible. And really, really, I feel blessed that they gave me a great example um, to follow. And so in saying that, I also know that in growing up in the church, you know, sometimes we feel like there's certain things we can't talk about or there's questions that I have that I don't think I can talk to anybody about this because they're going to maybe judge me or get the wrong idea. And, and I think that there's so many people who maybe don't have a space um, where they can actually ask questions about life, about faith, about God, about relationships, about friendships, about whatever. And so I created a space on the First Love website and it's called Heart to Heart. And again, my heart behind this is that it creates a safe space for people to be able to bring up questions. And I am not an expert. I am not a psychologist. I am not a counselor, um, but I'm a woman who loves the word of God. And I believe that the word holds truth and um, answers for everything in our lives. And so if you have any questions that you're like, I have been desperate to ask this question about whatever it is and you haven't maybe known where to go or who to ask you haven't had a safe space you can jump on the website it is anonymous so um you know there won't be any I will not be judging you and I will not be following up with your pastor or your parents but um just wanted to create a safe space for people and so I 
published on the website this week, our very first, um, I guess, episode or I don't know, column, our first column. So it's issue one. Uh, It's entitled November 2022 because it is November 2022. Um, But maybe um, I will need to look at what I can call that. But anyway, not to worry. And I thought I would just take um, some time today to go through those three questions. There was three questions that we addressed for this um, column. This issue, that was the word. I forgot that word. This issue. And um, I thought we'd just discuss it together. So if you have your Bible, you can grab that. If you have a coffee, I have a coffee. I have a peppermint mocha coffee sitting right next to me. And um, let's dive in. So the first question that we tackled this month was, I have made a lot of mistakes in my life. How can I be assured that God still loves me? And I think that this is something that so many Christians wrestle with. You know, we grow up or maybe we don't grow up. Maybe we come into a Christian environment where we're taught and we're, you know, we're shown in the word where God says that he loves us so much. And there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and you know, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin. But to say that and to actually believe it is two very different things. And I have seen um, so many people wrestle with that tension of knowing what the word says. So it's it's a head knowledge and not allowing it to become a heart knowledge. Heart knowledge brings transformation. And heart knowledge is that revelation that we get from the Lord that literally transforms our lives. And so I just want to say this. Um, it's funny because uh, Romans 3.23 is a little memory verse that I'm currently teaching my son, my eight-year-old son. And it says this, and I just want to encourage you around this. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, I know you're probably like, how is that an encouragement? It's an encouragement because you are normal. You are human. You are meant to sin. You are meant to fall. You know, unfortunately, it is part of what happened at the fall when Adam and Eve chose independence. Um no one can be blameless except Jesus. And so I say that to encourage you because you are not the only one. And if you are feeling um, weighted down by the burden of sin and guilt, can I just encourage you? You are not alone. And um, God has already gone to the cross and he has paid the punishment for your sin so that you can actually live in complete freedom from your sin. And again, I say that, and I know that if you're the one feeling that it's, it's often a lot harder to, to receive that word. But, um, the reality is God knew, God knew before he even created you, he, before he even created us, he knew that we would, um, fall short of, you know, what he created us for. But he went into um, 
redemptive mode before he even created us. Before he created us, there was a plan for redemption. And so I just want to encourage you, do not live in condemnation about the decisions that you've made in your past. There is nothing you can do about it. Unfortunately, we don't have time machines. We don't have time travel. You cannot go back and change what you have done, but you can allow God's forgiveness and his love to wash over you. And you can make a decision that from today, you're going to walk differently and you're going to walk in the victory that he has won for you on the cross. And you are going to walk in his forgiveness that he has purchased for you. You know, you have such an amazing opportunity today to choose to make decisions that are going to bring honor and glory to God and his mercies are new every day. You know, I really, um, I learned or I I received such an incredible revelation about that verse. His mercies are new every day when my son was a baby. And if there are any moms listening to this, you will be able to testify to this. And um, it is one of the most amazing mysteries that I've ever experienced in my life. We would sometimes be up most of the night, specifically when my son was teething. He was always a good sleeper, but when he was teething, moms, you know how I'm, what I'm saying, you know, moms and dads, every, sometimes it felt like every hour we were up. But one thing I noticed was six o'clock in the morning came and he was wide awake and ready for the day. It didn't matter how terrible a night it had been. It didn't matter how much he'd been crying. It didn't matter how many times, you know, I had to go and comfort him. It didn't matter how many hours he was actually awake. It's almost like something reset in the morning. And by six o'clock, he was refreshed and amazing. He'd forgotten about the night before. He was full of life, full of energy and ready to tackle the day. And I was like, goodness gracious, Lord, how are you going to help me get through this day when I've had two hours of sleep? And I remember thinking, This is what it must be like. His mercies are new every morning. And, you know, respectfully, God is like the little baby in that story that I just told. God is the one who's like, okay, you know, that was then. This is now. It's a new day. I have new mercy. I have forgiveness and grace and love and peace for you today. Are you ready? And we are often the parent and we're like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. Like I just need another coffee. And, you know, and I just want to encourage you and remind you his mercies for you are new today. And so it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you feel you failed him. Take it to the cross, allow his forgiveness and his love to wash over you. Um, Be encouraged by that, my friend. God loves you so much. God loves you so much that he chose to go to the cross just for you. Don't, you know, I always, I always think to myself and I say this to many people that I've, um, you know, had the opportunity to lead and pastor over the years, um, be selfish with that revelation, be personal and selfish that God loves me, Caleb, so much that God chose to go to the cross for me, never mind everyone else. God chose to go to the cross for me. And that is the truth for you as well. So can God still love you? How can you be assured of his love for you despite, you know, what you've done wrong? Be encouraged in that he chose the cross 
before you were even born. And that is the most amazing assurance of his deep, deep love for you. Second question that came through was, can a Christian date a non-Christian? Well, the simple answer is absolutely. You can date whoever you want. There is no rules and there is nothing to say that you can't. I would ask this question though, should a Christian date a non-Christian? Because that changes the question altogether. Because despite what you might think about God, he is not this angry man who's trying to limit us and keep us down and give us 5 million different rules that we're supposed to uphold. Some of the boundaries or some of the um, suggestions that the Lord gives us in how we should live, it's actually for our safety and our benefit. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Now, you know, the reality is we often look at that verse in context of marriage. Don't marry someone um, who doesn't share your faith and your faith in God or your beliefs. And again, um, perspective is so important. This isn't a mean thing. This is wisdom. I could definitely marry a man who is not a believer in Jesus and I could love him passionately and we could have a great life together. But there will come a time where there will become conflict in that union because our faith dictates so much of our decisions, our convictions, what we believe in, what we do and what we don't do. And so in yoking yourself together with someone who has a different belief system or a different faith, you have to know that eventually that's going to impact the decisions that you make in regards to raising your children. It's going to impact the decisions that you make in terms of where you sow your finance. If you marry someone who is not a believer in Jesus and you choose to um, tithe and give offering to the church or wherever you belong, your spouse who does not believe in Jesus and does not share your faith might not share that conviction and belief and it could become a point of tension. And so when God speaks about being yoked equally, it's not to, um, you know, to inflict uh, a rule on us, but it is wisdom. We want to be linked and yoked with people who share our passion and share our belief system, share our convictions, share our purpose, share the vision of where we're going and what we believe in, because ultimately it's actually just going to make our life so much easier. So should you date a Christian? Can you date a, can you date a non-Christian? Sorry. Of course you can. Should you? I would definitely exercise wisdom in this because the decisions that you make now, and this is maybe just in a dating relationship, so you might not even be thinking about marriage, but the decisions that you make now will definitely play um, a part and impact your future and your future decisions. Now, I've I've known people who have dated non-believers and the person gets saved and, you know, falls madly in love with Jesus and it's beautiful and amazing. I've also known friends who have dated non-believers and they actually stray and they choose their relationship over their relationship with Jesus. And so that is just something that you will need to navigate. But I know that um, God actually wants his very best for you. And so it is our um, responsibility as hard and as difficult as it is to hold on to him, to trust him for his very best and to 
allow his um, promises to actually manifest in our lives in a way that's going to bless us and bless his kingdom. And um, the last question that I just wanted to touch on for this issue of heart to heart is just, I get asked this quite a lot and um, I have posted this as well on my Instagram, on the first of Instagram, but how do I read my Bible? Because so often it can seem so complicated and sometimes we do the pick and flick. <laughs> We've all been guilty of that. Sometimes we have a structure. Sometimes we just kind of I don't know, read the verse of the day from you version. Um, sometimes we just listen to a podcast because that is easier. But I want to encourage you, you know, it is so important for us to have our own time in the word, our own time where we are pouring over the scriptures. And um, I remember just from a young age making this commitment um, that God, whether I get anything out of today's reading or not, I want to make it a discipline and I want to make it a practice in my life. And, um, you know, there are some days where I'm like, what have I just read? Like, I really don't even know what I've read. And there are other days where it's almost too overwhelming. And, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is right there and he is absolutely just illuminating his word to me. So um, we're going to have dry seasons, we're going to have valley seasons, and we're going to have very fruitful seasons. But I think the most important thing is to keep consistent and to keep a discipline. So how do you read the Bible? I would say just start. Whether you are new to faith or you have you know, walked with the Lord your whole life, um, maybe you have a great, uh, you know, discipline and a great, I don't want to say system because that makes it sound so clinical, but you've got a great um, method in how you read the word and spend time with God. And that is awesome. But wherever, if, you know, if you are not, uh, you know, actively in the word, can I just encourage you to start the word of God? Hebrews four tells us that the word of God is alive and it is active. It is not just a book. It's not just ink on paper. The word of God is, you know, this beautiful written word. It is God on paper. And I know that is like so, sometimes so much to even consider, but um, God's word is alive. And so because it is alive, it literally can bring transformation. It can bring revelation. It can bring healing. It can bring deliverance in just a moment. And so I encourage you, you know, dig into the word of God. If that means that all you're doing for, you know, a few months is just reading one verse or one chapter, that's okay. You know, that is absolutely okay. Okay, You don't have to read the Bible in a year. You don't have to, you know, read the Bible three times in a year. I have a friend and I love her. She is, um, I wouldn't say new to faith, but newish. And um, I remember she she told me that she wanted to read the Bible in a year. Oh, so, sorry. She wanted to read the Bible from start to finish, but she was going so slow. Like I'm telling you months and months just to get through Genesis that it would become like such a big deal when she moved on to the next book. And I love that 
because she was wrestling with the Lord and fighting to actually figure him out in every chapter. That That's just how she is, you know, like we all are very different. But she didn't feel pressured to rush through things. She didn't feel, you know, like she was any less than anyone else because she, you know, was still in Genesis months down the track. She had this goal and this expectation that God was going to meet her in every chapter. And so she slowly, slowly just went through. And I just so commend that. So however it's going to look for you, it's going to look different. But just allow the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to actually guide that and guide that journey. I mean, more than anyone in the world, God wants you to be reading his word and he wants to meet you in that space. So just start. I would say set aside designated time. I personally much prefer reading my Bible in the evenings. Now, I know if you've grown up in church, you'll also, you know, like... First thing in the morning, before you even look at your phone, get in the word. And I am all for that. I definitely think, you know, I know that I could be better at at that. My best time is not the morning. I am not a morning person. I want to give God my best. And so for me, my best in this season is in the evening um, or later in the afternoon and where I can just take a half an hour or however long I need and just be by myself. In the mornings for me, it's too rushed. There's too many things that I'm busy with that I have my attention and my focus. And if I try and read my Bible in the morning, I 99% of the time get distracted and end up not reading it then anyway. So I would say set aside designated time that works for you. Don't feel like you have to read your Bible at 5 a.m. every morning because that's what you've been told to do. Um, That's giving God your first. Yes, 100%. I agree with that. But I want to give God my best as well. And so set aside designated time and pretend like it's a catch up. This is so important. You know, if I said to a friend, let's catch up for coffee. I'm going to lunch actually this week with a friend of mine. Um, It would be terrible if I just didn't show up. (laughs) <laughs> and so as much as I tr- I can, I try and imagine like I'm meeting up with my friend. I can't just not show up. And um, because Jesus is our friend, he is our very best friend and he deserves so much more than just a 10 minute catch up. But um, this is a start. So set aside designated time. If you are able to switch off your phone, switch off your iPad, switch, you know, switch your computer off, switch off all distractions and, you know, it doesn't have to be three hours, but God wants your best and he wants your finest and he wants your attention. So that could be five minutes and that could be five hours, depending on who you are and what you're wanting to do. Sometimes the most amazing moments that I've felt in God's presence have been 10 minutes, quick and amazing. And I'm like, God, don't go. Like, can we keep doing this forever? So don't set um, unrealistic expectations on yourself because I know that that is not what God is expecting of you. So just start, set aside designated time, pray, pray before you start reading. The Holy Spirit, one of his jobs and his roles is to actually help us. And so I always pray before I read my Bible and I ask the Lord, God, please show me 
what you want me to see today. Highlight anything that you need to speak to me about. I pray that, you know, this is what I'd say. I pray that you would bring clarity to your word and that even if it doesn't feel like it, I ask that your word would minister life to me. So pray before you start. I personally don't do this, but a lot of people I know journal. And that is as simple as, you know, if you're um, reading through Psalm 23 that day, write one verse out that has really stood out to you. Write what it means, how it's spoken to you, and maybe even just a prayer around that. Journaling is a really, really awesome way to get your thoughts and your heart out onto paper. And it is also a really great um, way to keep accountable. So journal, join a group. So if you are in a church or, you know, maybe you're looking for a church, maybe you haven't found a great church community, please reach out. I would love to help you find a great church that you could be a part of. But if you are part of a church, can I encourage you, please join a group. Sometimes the best way that we can actually experience God and the richness of who he is, is through community because God created us for community in community. And um, the enemy has done a brilliant job of making so many of us feel hurt by people and by community. So we stay away. But the way that we experience healing and life and revelation and the goodness of God is through community. So if you are in a church, can I encourage you to join a group, um, get into community, get into good faith-based Bible-centered, spirit-filled community, because I promise you that that would do wonders for your heart and your relationship with the Lord. And lastly, my tip for, um, you know, how do I read the word is actually just have fun with it. The word of God is not a chore. The word of God is not something that we should, ugh, roll our eyes out again. I have to read it again. We should come to the Lord with delight and joy, and we should actually expect that we're going to have fun with the Lord and that he is going to speak to us. And, you know, sometimes I actually take walks with the Lord and my time with the Lord is I will walk and pray and you know, sometimes walk and cry and pray. And I just get with God in a way that it really fills not just my spirit, but my soul. So have fun with the Lord. He loves you so very much. And, you know, like any good friend or like any good parent, um, he wants a beautiful, fun, great relationship with you. And, you know, we will save that for another day because I know that many of us have not had a great um, upbringing and maybe you have not experienced a great relationship with your father or with your mother. Maybe you have struggled in friendships and relationships. So obviously that can really impact the way you view God and the way that you view your relationship with God. And We will touch on that in the future, but I just want to encourage you. He is a good and a loving father. And the word of God says that, you know, he wants to lavish his children with goodness. And so 
get into the word, get into the word, get into the word. I, it has changed my life. My Bible is my best friend. Um, if anyone ever asks me, what would you take on a deserted island? I'm such a dork because every time I say my Bible, I would not be able to go without my Bible. Um, and that has been through years of cultivating and fighting for that relationship and going through seasons and recognizing seasons of wilderness and seasons of frustration and seasons of disappointment seasons of despair but through it all the Lord has stayed right by my side and I am so grateful for that so guys this is podcast number one I pray that this has been a blessing and um, I am so excited in the next couple of weeks we are actually going to be starting a series on the seven churches of revelation I am very very excited about that and um, I know that it will be a blessing if you know me (laughs) you know that I am passionate about God's prophetic timeline, where we sit on his prophetic timeline, what it all means. And um, I am so excited about what God is doing on the earth, where we are and where we're headed. And so I pray that you will be able to join in, but I hope that this has been a blessing to you. I hope that you have been blessed by this week's episode and um, if you have any questions for Heart to Heart, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can jump on the website where it is anonymous or feel free to um, DM on our Instagram. So our website is firstlovemovement.org and um, we hope to hear from you and Have the very, very best rest of your week. And I'm excited to see you all again for the seven churches of Revelation. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the First Love Movement podcast. For more information, please check us out at firstlovemovement.org or on Instagram at firstlove underscore movement. See you next time.